0: Welcome to Worship Call with Bible teacher, Buzz Laubeck. Buzz is the pastor of Grace Chapel Bible Ministries located in Duncan, South Carolina. This ministry is dedicated to the verse-by-verse teaching of God's Word and discipleship programs aimed at strengthening the faith of God's people. Now here's today's message. This is the sixth day of the week in God's created order, Friday, November 17th. 2023 year of our Lord that we began this morning with George Witten of WorthyNews.com, and George writes this morning. Let us see. Friends, feast with the Lord. First Chronicles 12:39 through 40. And they were there with David, three days eating and drinking, and for their brethren had prepared for them. Moreover, those who were near to them from as far away as Ezekiel and Zebulon and Naphtali were bringing food on donkeys and camels, on mules and oxen, provision of flour and cakes and figs and cakes of raisins, wine and oil and oxen and sheep abundantly for there was joy in Israel. While the mighty men of David were warriors and could fight with the best of them, They also took time to relax and feast with King David. There are times when we simply need to take a break from the warfare and learn to eat and feast with the Lord. It's during those times that we can be revitalized for the next battle. Friends, even the strongest warriors need to take a rest. Let's take a cue from David's mighty men. Rest. Enjoy Shabbat and your weekend while you feast with the Lord. Your family and the Lord with much agape lo- love, George, Buck, Obadiah, and Lena, and this is another fine day in the Lord. Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you once again every day. to you know, when We wake up. It is an opportunity each day that we might grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That we may sure up our footing in our spiritual lives to continue to advance that certainly heavenly father we we're excited about your return we're excited about being brought home but we are also excited about we also have within our hearts to the preparation our our spiritual life that we would not want to be short of anything that uh, that um a bride should be for a bridegroom so prepare it Prepare us this morning, Heavenly Father. Open up our hearts to receive God's word. In these things we pray in Christ's name. Amen. And uh, All right, let's 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 take a look at Luke this morning. Let's go to Luke. Let's see. Um, where are we? Let's go to Luke 19. I lost it. The wind must have blurred. Yeah, let's go to Luke 19. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, Luke 19, 20, uh, nineteen twenty eight. And uh, we, yesterday we read, or last we were together on, um, Wednesday, we, we read the Matthew's account. Let's take a look at the, um, the Luke's account this morning. And, uh, um, actually 28. Okay. After he had said these things, he was going on ahead, going up to Jerusalem when he approached Beth Sage and Bethany near the mount that is called Olive. He sent two of his disciples saying, Go into the village ahead of you. There as you enter, you will find a colt tied on which no one had yet set. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks of you, why are you untying it? You shall say, the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went away and found it just as he had told them. And they were untying the colt. Its owner said to them, why are you untying the colt? And they said, The Lord has need of it. They brought it to Jesus, and they threw their coats on the colt to put Jesus on it. Okay. As he was going, they were spreading their coats on the road. As soon as, was, as soon as he was approaching near the descent of the Olives of Mountains, the whole crowd of disciples began to praise God, and joyfully with a loud voice for all the miracles which, he, which they had seen, shouting, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the, remember that this is Luke. That's the same thing that the angels were singing back in Luke 2. Uh, some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke these your disciples. But Jesus answered, I tell you, if these became silent, the stones will cry out. When he approached Jerusalem he saw the city and wept over it, saying, If you had known in this day even you the things which make for peace, but now they have been hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will throw up a barricade against you and surround you and hem you in on every side. And they will level you to the ground and your children within you. And they will. Will not leave you, leave in you one stone upon another, because you did not recognize the t- day of visitation. And so, while this is a triumphal en- entry, while this is a while the people were singing, uh, was was shouting out, uh, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This um, this was a coming from. Psalm one eighteen. See here. Come from Psalm one, yeah, one eighteen twenty five, and this was a this was customary as the pilgrims were coming into the coming into uh, each year. Remember, this is a pilgrimage each year. This is not a couple things. First of all, the um, those that surrounded Jesus at this time, just as a reminder, these are Galileans. Um, these uh, you had you had Judah, which is the southern part of southern part of the land, and you had the Galilean area around Galilee. And Jesus spent most of his time up in that region. He didn't spend a whole lot of time down in Jerusalem. Jerusalem was the religious types. You might say Galilee was kind of the flyover. And um, while well, emphasis is placed on, he wasn't born in Jerusalem. He didn't spend much time in Jerusalem. His whole ministry was centered outside of Jerusalem. It's kind of like what what is now? In, 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 in light of this. He goes to Jerusalem. Jerusalem, by the way, is going to be his headquarters. It's Zion. It's where the throne is going to be. That's where he's going to seat. And where he's going to rule the world from there. But that's not now. That's uh, that. That's a future visitation. So Jerusalem never was a center point of Jesus' ministry. Not yet. But that day was yet to come. And so those these Galileans, as they were following, as they were surrounding, and of course everywhere that Jesus went, they were the spies, they were the... Um, there were the Pharisees and those that were sent out to to follow Jesus, always always ready to um, nab him in case he said something that were that was out of line. And so, uh, but this was the customary. The Hosea was customary. It's Psalm one eighteen twenty five. be back here for you, Oh Lord. Do save, we beseech you, O Lord. We beseech you, do send prosperity. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God and he has given us light. Bind the festival sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. You are my God and I give thanks to you. You are my God, I extol you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good for his loving kindness. And like like other passages, I believe it wasn't just them saying Hosanna, blessed is he comes in the name of the Lord. I think they were they were going over the entire psalm here. And so um, so coming back to our passage in twenty eight. See what else we can glean from this. So, um, so after these things, he was going ahead of them to Jerusalem. When he approached Bethlehem, Bethany he, and the called Mount of Olives, he sent the two disciples saying, "Go into the village ahead of you, and there you'll find a colt tied. Um, which one uh, one of it has ever sat? Remember, we talked about the uh, about the uh, one broken one, just like the the grave that had not been used. This donkey was set apart." Now, question we might have to ask, ask ourselves that was, how was this orchestrated? And some people may argue. You see, Jesus went about their, his time just orchestrating the fulfillment of all these prophecies. Jesus went and um, he contacted this man. He goes, ah, that's no big deal. He At some point, he contacted this man. He goes, I'm going to send you a you know, send you know, a couple guys that go get you talking to, um, when the time I meet them and all that, and, and, okay. You might argue that point. Did he have? Did he have this set up? Was this spiritually inspired? For this man, he, did he know? Was he guided by the Spirit somehow on that? And so you can argue that. But for those that say, well, that's what Jesus did was orchestrate all these miracles. Well, look at some of the other miracles that he um, could he have orchestrated, like the virgin birth. How could he have orchestrated that? Uh, prophesied in the scripture. How could he have prophesied the um, where he was going to be born, or where he was going to be raised, or that he was going to be brought out of Egypt? And miracle after miracle after miracle. You know, I meet people who are skeptical of the Bible, and really, um, because you're got the gospel, and when you're talking with people. You have to bring them to scripture, not what you think and not what you've experienced, but but that you bring them to the authority of the Bible. They may ask you the question, they say, Well what when you're given the gospel, they may say, Well, why do you believe that you know, what you know, how come your way is better than anybody else's way or your way to heaven and all? And you say, Well, it's from the Bible. Then you're inevitably going to get this question, how do you know the Bible's true? and and they'll have their arguments against it those that's never read it but when you go into and you sit down and there's so many stories of people unbelievers who um who uh their part had not read the bible they didn't believe the bible they didn't believe um they didn't believe the, all these things and then then they took a journalistic approach they say, okay, I'm going to look at it. I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to look at it. I'm going to look at these stories. Like Lee Strobel. I'm going to look at the story. And then I'm going to look at these prophecies. And they come to become believers. It took, because they took the honest look at the truth and became convinced. Scripture says, come, reason. And so, um, so there were those things. Here's the point. There were those things that Jesus could have orchestrated. That would fulfill the prophecy. We're talking about the prophecy, um, Zechariah nine nine, Zechariah nine nine, and um, but there were those things that Jesus couldn't possibly have been able to in, um, orchestrate, and uh, so the Bible is fantastic. This fantastic book. All right. So if anyone asks you why you're untying it, um, the Lord needs it. So um, those who were Set went, went away and found it just as he has told them, and they were tying the colt. Its owners said to them, "Why are you untying the colt?" And they said, "The Lord has need of it." They brought it to Jesus and they threw their coats on it, uh, on the colt, and put Jesus on. So they made it makeshift, makeshift um, saddle on this, and again, colt, uh, this uh, colt. Is a non-threatening animal. It is a, uh, and Jesus comes in. He didn't come in to judge the world. He came in to save the world. He didn't come in to take the temple by, uh, by the sword. He came in to be received, to be the king to be received. uh, To be received by those that, were gladly had their open arms and bowing in knee to them. You see, and we still live in a time, we still live in this time where the Lord is saying, come. This Lord is still, uh, there's arguments between um, predestination and, and free will. We live in a time where there's grace. And we have been given volition. Where we ha- where we can still freely receive the Christ, where every day there's opportunity to serve him and to bow a knee to them. Because the day is coming when every tongue, where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is the Lord. So he comes in first on that the meek and mild. Meekness isn't weakness. Meekness is power under restraint. And he comes in Given the opportunity for others to receive him freely, because there is coming a time. Because the next time he returns, it's going to be on a steed. It's going to be on a horse, um, with with the with the name King of Kings, Lord of Lords, written on his thigh, and he's going to be coming in as a conqueror, and um, that's going to be the great and terrible day of the Lord. And they brought it to Jesus, and they threw the coats on the colt and put Jesus on it. And he was going, um, and they were spreading their coats on the road. Uh, That was the way to receive the king. And as he was approaching near the descent of the Mount of Olives, whole crowds of disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice. For all the miracles which they had seen. Again, going back to Psalm 118, what we just read. Shouting, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees. Again, you got you got Pharisees in the crowd here. There's always Pharisees, Like we always have four among us. Well, there's always the religious types that's among us too. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, teacher rebuke your disciples you can see this 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 is funny you know I this irks them this irks them because they should be the center of the tension if they were what if they were narcissist just like their father the devil their father the devil are is not our narcissist they want the attention they want their receipt. if they were if you know you know this has to be true in this crowd, if those people were calling for them and rip, lifting them up and, and patting them on the backs and saying, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You you Pharisees are just, you are just all this and a bag of chips and we love you and praise God for you. Oh, you know they wouldn't be shutting, they wouldn't be shutting these people up. They, they'd, they'd have their shoulders rolled back and they, they'd be It'd be just all lovingness, but no, this wasn't directed to them. This wasn't. This was directed to a carpenter in Nazareth. This was. This was their attention off of the Pharisees. Just Jesus was nothing to them. He was nothing but a but a a a homeless person, a, a, just a Galilean by that means, because he was even from Jerusalem. Um, and they were seething with hatred, not only for Jesus, but for those who were those, those who were, were were loving him and, and praising him. And so, some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, uh, "Teacher, rebuke your disciples." And um, another point I want to make here, um, in the and in, in light of disciples. Um, also, very important note: Jesus. It wasn't just when you think of disciples. It wasn't just the twelve. He did have those twelve disciples, but he had many other disciples all over. The methetes. What does methetes mean? Disciples, Students. These were these were students of the of uh, students of his. These were the. These, some of these were the, the thousand uh, maybe some of the people that he had fed up in um, uh, um, up northern Galilee, uh, part of the five thousand four thousand five thousand. I don't know how many's here it could be could have been hundreds of could have been hundreds and there could have been quite the commotion. This is Passover and they were making their pilgrimage. Um, back to Jerusalem to celebrate the passover and um, so there were many of the disciples here and jesus jesus going to quote hab, hab-, i like to call it Habakkuk here and he says um, but jesus answered i tell you if these become silent talking about these if these become if if these people become silent the stones will quarrel. The stones will cry out. And what does Habakkuk two nine says? Woe to him who gets evil gain for his house, to put his nest on high, to be delivered from the hand of calamity. Mm-hmm. Who are, are we talking about here? We're talking about the Pharisees. We're talking about the religious leaders. We're talking about those who who. Um, religion is their business, is, is their livelihood, and, and they are walking on the backs of the people who they're, they, they are supposed to serve. Remember that Jesus spoke much in his ministry about leading is serving others, not um, subligating them, okay? Verse 10, you have devised a shameful thing for your house by cutting off many people's so you are sinning against yourself. Again, talking about to the religious leaders. Surely the stone will cry out from the wall, and the raptor will answer it from the framework. Woe to him who builds a city with bloodshed and and bounds a town with violence. Again, we're talking about the Pharisees and all the religious leaders put the put the prophets to death. Um and there's going to be nothing, nothing different here. They've already put, um, or Herod had already put John the Baptist to death. Now they're plotting to kill Jesus. So this is all prophetical. Continue on Habakkuk, two thirteen. It is not indeed from the Lord of hosts that peoples toil for fire. The nations grow weary for nothing, for the earth is filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, as the waters cover to see woe to you who make your neighbors drink who mix uh, in your venom even to make them drunk so as to look on their nakedness um, so you can get comfortable in religion you can get comfortable in a place where I'm all right you're all right we're all right just as long as we follow this but yet but they're causing many people to 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 fall. You will be filled with disgrace rather than honor. Now you yourself drink and expose your own nakedness. The cup of the Lord's right hand will come around to you, and utter disgrace will come upon your glory. For the the violence done in Lebanon will overwhelm you, and the devastation of its beasts by which you terrify them. We'll just stop off you can read that more. Habakkuk. To have too, and this was a condemnation, all the way back then, of what's going on here against the religious leaders, who's there are, they are, they are blind guides leading the blind, and and Jerusalem is a re, religious city. It is a, um, it, it is the headquarters to these these Pharisees and all that and. Um, so they were, basically these people were trapped in their religion. Uh, coming back, let's see, Luke nineteen forty one. When they approached Jerusalem, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, if you had known in this day, even you, the things which make for peace, But now they have been hidden from your eyes. And they will level you to the ground and your children within you. And they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not recognize the time of visitation. Time of visitation is the um, let me see if we get visitation, Nida here. Um, episcope, scope, the coming of divine power, either for benefit or judgment, coming, visitation. Let me bring that up here. It's pretty good. Okay, Epi, Episcope. And Episcope, the coming of divine power, either for benefit or judgment, coming, visitation. Now, these people had recognized... Or prophetically from Daniel, the Jewish people had a timetable. You see, um, Jesus could come to receive His church at any time. Um, there is um, His return is imminent, um, and um, so we don't have a timetable per se for the um, for the his, for the prophetical events to to take place. We see a lot of the stage being set now. But back in the early, early church, they were they were expecting any time the return of the Lord. Well, it's been two thousand years. But in contrast, the Jewish people, they had a calendar, they had a clock. They knew they they from the prophecies of Daniel. They knew this was coming. They knew his visita- visitation was coming, and everything was laid out. They had the prophecies the fulfillment of prophecies, they had the typologies, they had the teachings of Jesus, they had these things, and um, they had Elijah, the spirit of Elijah, which must come first, which uh, was John the Baptist. So anyone with eyes, anyone who was seeking, asking, knocking, anyone was truly looking, there were those that knew he was the Messiah. There were those that, that they had been reasoned with, they knew it was. Um, some were holding out hope. Uh, some said they were prophets. Some said they were Messiah, uh, or some said they were prophets. Some said he was Elijah or John the Baptist. Being, uh, uh, but they had all the evidence laid out before them, like unbelievers. Like I already said about the unbelievers, and I told somebody this re- recently. So all the people who are against the Bible has never read the Bible. All the people that, all the people who are against the, the 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 scriptures and against the Bible and say that it's it's um it's not true have not read it. They have not studied. They have not gotten into it. They don't know. They're throwing this out. And it's here. All you have to do is open it, and read it. But it, this is here that they. But they failed to look at these things. They cast these things out. Um, they, and so therefore, there's going to be. Jesus looks at the at the judgment is coming. He foresees the judgment. He's the prophet. He not only sees his um, he's not only sees the crucifixion coming. And his heart's weighing heavily upon that. But he's also weeping for Jerusalem. Going back to Genesis chapter, uh, we won't go there, but going back to Genesis chapter 6, um, and, and and it was the Lord who saw the wickedness of this earth and it grieved him and it repented and he repented within his heart of, of creating him because judgment is not the thing that the Lord loves to do. Bringing his judgment down against the people but as we said know, uh, as, as the unbeliever says how can a loving god cast his creatures into a cave like a fire how can a loving god bring his terrible wrath upon a people because he's also a just god and um, and god cannot god the lord god cannot perpet, continue to continue to condone sin without him or Perpetuate, allow sin, perpetuate sin uh, without condoning it. God can't condone sin; judgment must come. And Jesus's heart is troubled because he knows what's going to happen to Jerusalem. Listen, folks. In recent in recent history, we've seen, you know, if if you pay much attention to the news, we know the atrocities. That the terrorist group Hamas has done with Jerusalem, and they have killed babies just thoughtlessly and 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 ruthlessly, tortured children, decapitating them. This, this, um, oh my goodness, and it, it's been terrible. It's something that the news don't generally report, does it? But in eighty seventy after Christ had been crucified, and, uh, uh, Christ is crucified around AD 30 to AD 33. Um, some people have it uh, pinpointed, okay, but it's around that time. But about 40 years later, AD 70, that the temple, um, that the temple is going to be surrounded just just like we've, we've just read in... Um, Just read uh, and Luke that there's going to be a surrounding they're going to surround that temple and um, there's going to be a siege and as bad as it is as bad as we've seen it in recent history and today in current events it's going to be far worse it's going to be far worse for these people in AD 70 they are going to be eating their babies they're, uh, it, they're going to be starving and they are going to be eating their babies. And I, I can't think of nothing worse than that. And the, the, they are going to be leveled. You see, the people around them may not be seeing this, but Jesus is seeing this. He's seeing that great and terrible day. And even that, as bad as that is, Jesus is coming back again. And that's going to be much terrible. Uh, that's going to be more terrible more terrifying than this world has ever seen, and um, so this and Jesus sees this, and He is listen, He's love for people that, and when we when we hear of people that we don't know going through things, we might say, "Okay, I'll pray for you," but those people who we love our heart is poured our, our heart you know, hearts are with them your children, your parents your somebody that's close to you Now when they're going through things now our hearts are grieved why? Because you love them Jesus loves with a perfect love he loves with a godly love and when he sees this thing these things coming upon them Jerusalem that, that A.D. 70 is going to be horrific. And it's going to be terrible. And Jesus wept and uh, over the things that no one else could see but him and God. So, um, let's see here, I forgot it. So, if you had known the day, even you, the things which make for peace, and what would make for peace? The receiving of the Lord Jesus Christ, but now they have been hidden from your eyes. See, and um, so they—they've now been blinded. The um, and the things that are about the things that are going to take place. Are going to take place. The the wheels are rolling. Father in heaven, thank you for our opportunity of studying your word this morning, and we pray, Heavenly Father, that uh, things that we've studied, let it be on our hearts. Let these things build the foundation within our hearts. These people had rejected their Messiah. Let us not do the same thing. Let us recognize His return. Let us already be saying in our own hearts, Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord until we are either taken out or He does return. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Alright, it's so another fine day in the Lord. Keep your armor on. Keep fighting good fight of faith. Uh, our studies start on the Lord's Day uh, on at 11 a.m. So if you're in the neighborhood, come by and uh, fellowship with us. So until, until then, stay motivated, Lord. Keep your armor on. Keep fighting good fight of faith. Thank you for joining us. You can hear this message again, as well as previous lessons. And get notes by visiting us online at www.gchapel.org.